almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, Kevin here. Welcome to another new episode of Hellions Talks. Today I have a guest that I have wanted to talk to from the beginning. In fact, even before this podcast, today's guest was one that we went back and forth a few times over email when I thought I wanted to do email interviews. And it just, it doesn't have the same feel. A conversation just comes across so much better, especially conversation with this person today who I have followed online for years. One one of the longest friendships I've had online. From Diary of Dorcat blog, today's guest is Miss M. M, thank you so much for agreeing to do the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This is um this is something I've been looking forward to doing with you. Well and that's the thing, because I've gone over with previous people for where I first became aware of them and i know i first became aware of you uh way back when when league of extraordinary bloggers and all of that was going on and everyone kind of got connected all at yes. once but it's a long time ago <laughs> i know and there's <laughs> what hurts is there's so few of us left too yeah i know i know oh. but i mean just you were so nice and so wonderful. And I've been on podcasts with you and I've listened to podcasts that you've done. Uh, I won a prize pack from you many years ago. Yes. Yes. I remember. <laughs> with all, yep, all sorts of wonderful toys and everything. And yeah. just, it thrills me that you still stick with it. And I know like all of us, you know, life can suck sometimes and just be yeah. so difficult and you stick with it too. Yeah. So what, well, all right. I know I should not ask this of you and I apologize and it's okay if you don't want yeah. to answer, You're good. but are you, are you willing to say how old you are just to give an idea of what toys you grew up with? <laughs> yes, that's totally fine. I am 39 and I'll be 40 next April. But so you know you uh, go on. I was going to say, you know, you don't look it. That's, thank goodness. Like, thank goodness that the gods and goddesses have granted me <laughs> some kind of youth. <laughs> but, but being that age definitely puts me in that, that bracket of really collecting a lot. Like, I mean, collecting really started for me when I was a kid in the eighties, you know, so that that's kind of like from that point on, um, is kind of my point of reference. And you and I have discussed it on our own. And of course you've said things on previous blogs, you know, your own one as well in podcasts, but what were the toys that were the ones you really loved and gravitated to in your childhood? So childhood wise, I mean, She-Ra and the, Prin <laughs> the Princess of Power toy line was, is, was, is always will be my most favorite toy line ever. And that was the one that really, spoke to me i mean i liked he-man and thundercats and i love barbie and my little pony and i mean there were so many things that i like the 80s was such a great time for like being a kid to collect toys like i mean there was a lot of like really awful stuff that happened like in the world in the 80s but like as a kid when it came to toy collecting there was so much to just really capture your interest but I would say She-Ra number one would be the one that like most, you know, like when everything else was getting put in the attic, I was finding a way to like smuggle the She-Ra toys and still have them <laughs> with me, you know, as I got older. So that She-Ra definitely is, is number one. Well, and what gets me for those toys, cause I mean, I'm 40, geez, I had to think for a second. I'm 43. <laughs> um, <laughs> but growing up with a lot of the same toys, I had 
so many He Man toys. Yeah. You know, absurd amount. And I would watch She-Ra, but we couldn't have a She-Ra toy. Because it was still, even though it was just, it's still the He-Man packaging, it's still the He-Man frames, like, there's not a big difference between Tila and Evil Lynn figure and the She-Ra figure, other than the hair, really. Yeah. But, no, 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 that's, why Why do you want a girl toy? Because it's He-Man's sister. Like, it's still in the same world here. Why wouldn't I want that? Yeah. I understood when I, you know, like saw Jem and the holograms and the misfits dolls that, all right, no, mom's not getting that for me. I can, I know that one right now, <laughs> even though they're so cool, but there was absolutely, and I hate it, but there was absolutely, oh, I need to feel embarrassed watching Shira. I need to feel embarrassed watching Jem. Yeah. And they were beautiful toys and amazing shows. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I talk with so many people that, particularly guys, that you just would not think would have watched Jim and the Holograms back then, let alone still enjoy it now. And and they're like, those cartoons definitely appealed to so many people. Like it wasn't just, like even though it may have been marketed and aimed towards girls, I mean, there was an appeal. And that's the thing I think about when I think about toys in general for the 80s, I think there was an appeal for everybody. Like I knew girls that loved Transformers, you know, and I knew like there, there was a lot of cross appeal for so much back then that, and it made it a little difficult, I think for some parents, you know, because like, you know, I mean, as a lot of people have found out recently, you know, I am a trans woman. So growing up, you know, my mom and dad were fine like buying me She-Ra stuff, but like, you know, other family members would be like, why do you keep buying him all those, all those She-Ra toys? You know, like there was still some kind of thing about it, you know, but it, but my parents never, there was never like a, oh, well, you can't have this or you can't have that. Like if this is something that brings you joy and is exciting to you and fun, we want you to be happy and have fun with, with that. So I was very, very lucky that I had parents that were open to me wanting to have the things that just really sparked my imagination and creativity. Well, do you, do you look back at all for that time and say, I mean, you know, I look back at things and, you know, here's a, a family gathering when I was younger and he, there's everyone, you know, playing baseball and there's me in the corner reading a comic, you know, and I think, oh, geez, clearly who I am was decided at a young age. Like I yes. may have not known it then, but <laughs> all right, clearly, you know, certain things were already formed then. Do you look back at, at pictures or even memories then from childhood and realize, oh my gosh, I, I, I was already... I, I'm I'm an old 43 year old person, so I want to be very careful and respectful for word usage. Sure. Um, but is there part of you that's like, oh my gosh, clearly that's who I was back then, and yes. I just didn't know it or didn't have a name for it or or anything that I could describe, but clearly it's who I already was then, and it oh, was yeah. just always inside of me. Oh yeah, definitely, and I think what really helped me was like in a way Shira really helped with that because you know growing up as a kid when I thought of myself and not just Shira but characters like Tila and you know all of my Barbie dolls like when I thought about who those characters were I identified and saw myself as those characters and and that's not to say that that that's what put me on the path that I went on, but it was something that that made a lot of sense to me. Um, and and really, like when I thought about, okay, who was I going to be when I grew up? You know, I wasn't wanting to grow up to be He Man or, um, you know, who you know, I was wanting to grow up and be like, well, I'm going to grow up and be like Shira. You know, like that. That's just it was like a, a second skin to me. It, I don't even know if second skin is the right phrase, but it, it was, it was like, um, 
I mean, it was, it was, it, it made as much sense as breathing. Um, and I think some people got that and saw that. And well, I mean, I think a lot of people got that and saw that. And I think some people were okay with that. And I think some people were scared of that, you know? So I think for some family members, there was definitely a push to say, you know, what's up with all these toys and especially these girl toys. And, you know, that I think really took it to a concern that, you know, I, I, you know, I think other family members were like, you know, whatever happens, happens, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we can't write the future of this four-year-old right now, you know? <laughs> so. Well, in, in, in a way, isn't she sort of a perfect cartoon for that too? Like if someone told you, Hey, all you have to do is lift this sword and you can become a strong, beautiful, powerful woman that the world respects. Uh, give me that sword now, please. Yeah. <laughs> if that's no, all no, it no. takes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Like her, the, the whole transformation of that, like that was always like, that was always so, such an amazing thing. Cause it was like, well, I want to like transform. And for me, transforming would be, okay, I'm going to wrap my, um, my little blanket around my waist and have it be like my Shira skirt, you know? And so like, even though I didn't have a giant sword to transform me, I had other things that I could use to kind of really feel like I was, um, you know, getting to be that character and, and not just with, with how, with the transformation of like, you know, looking like this beautiful, powerful woman, but even the strength that she had, because like, so like there were two different things going on when I was a kid. There was, you know, my my gender identity and realizing that I was a little different than all the other kids, but I was also sick with a genetic disorder. And so I wasn't able to like go outside and play with the other kids in the neighborhood because I was weak and very sick. So her strength to like be able to pick up a mountain or like to basically not have anything hurt her was another thing too that really was like a like I just really spoke to me because it was like I want to also be able to like leap mountains and you know like kick butt and look amazing and you know just like all of those things and so I mean it was really like it was really just like the perfect toy line and the perfect cartoon to really just you know, to really just enjoy at that age for me, most definitely. Well, and that I think is lucky too, as, as much as people make jokes about, you know, the eighties, we got so many toys and cartoons and everything because of the rules being lifted on, you know, glorified yes. half hour commercials for toys really. Yeah. But we didn't, there wasn't as much, as many voices, as many distinct voices, as much diversity and stuff like that. And I'm sure they had, you know, some meeting with a TV network or, or Hasbro or Mattel or whoever along the way. Why are we making these things? Why are we, why are we making stuff for, you know, girls don't buy action figures, stuff like that. But there's you, there's probably numerous kids now, adults all over the world that that is something that spoke to me and I needed at that time. And if that didn't exist, I don't know who I would be without it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can all be called products of that consumerism from that era, but, you know, and, and, as, and as negative as that might be in some ways, in other ways, yeah, I mean, there's something that spoke to a whole generation of people that they've carried with them for decades and have passed on to their children and have passed on to their friends and their friends' children. And, you know, like it's something that that I, I think was more than just a commercial, even though that may have been what the intention, you know, that may have been part of the intent behind it. And I think that's where it goes to, you know, the the talent behind making those shows, you know, filmation. They could have just made a cheap grab with a, a, a commercial that didn't really resonate with anything. But there was a lot in that cartoon that they put and not just the cartoon but even the toy line you know i got to interview justine dancer who was one of the original designers for at least she was part of the first wave of princess of power toys and you know her story and what she struggled with 
and what she went through, like, I mean, she created the image that would become that toy. And that was the hero that she needed herself. So, you know, yeah, it's about making money and selling toys and whatever, but there's also a lot of personal touch to it as well that I think, you know, really speaks to some people, you know? Well, and to jump ahead a bit for it, and, and then I'm going to go back to the past again. Sure. Is is it safe to assume that you watched the entire Netflix She-Ra show? I did. I really did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a huge fan of the Filmation series, and I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of the look of the toys from the 80s. So this, the new She-Ra was a departure in terms of how the characters looked, but I loved it. You know, I was... I'm, I'm the kind of person that is totally fine with a different take on something that I loved growing up because it just shows the different ideas that people have about this character. And I feel like the more, you know, like this show can maybe lead to then another show one day, you know, that, that like continuing to keep She-Ra alive means that we will that this won't be just the only show, hopefully, you know, that there's going to be more and, and more and more different takes on this character, because I mean, it was a really fun, it was a fun show. It was a really fun show. The new one. I really enjoyed it a lot. Well, that be- and it became a show for my wife and I, that we had to watch together and yeah. going through the ups and downs of Katra and She-Ra's relationship. Yes. And yes. the ending, we were crying for yeah. it. Yeah. And <laughs> was yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's there's things like um, our son is on the autism spectrum, and Entrapta became my favorite character. Absolutely yeah. loved everything about her. And then that's the big thing talking about you know uh, toys that oh I you know I wasn't allowed to get. She were a girl toy when I was younger. I'm an adult now. I have adult money, and there's not a bit of Shira toys out there for this new one. I would have spent so much money. I know none of them. So, all right, to go back. Okay. At what point? Because you mentioned, you know, as as you got older, you got to put the toys away, but you would always try to keep the Shira out as well, though. But was there a point where? you said, you know what, I like this stuff. And no one else has to be in my room, look at my stuff, be in my house, whatever, but me. As long as I'm happy with it, I don't care what anyone else's opinion was, or is. Did it take many years? Was it like, as soon as you turned you know, 18 or 19, something like that? Did you have you know nothing but teenage attitude and no one could tell you what to do? <laughs> or did it take a while to feel comfortable, say, I'm an adult and I can like toys at, at the same time? So I've always been a very strong-willed, some would say stubborn person. <laughs> and I, you know, when there would be stuff that would have to go in the attic, Partially the reason that stuff would be going in the attic would be because I would be like, you know, with whatever allowance or birthday or Christmas money that I would be getting, I was not worried about buying the things that my peers were buying. Like I was always like, just take me to the toy aisle. I don't care. I don't care about clothes. Like I will wear clothes that like look awful and like I will look like I'm a fashion disaster. I don't care. I want I'm interested in these new spawn figures, whatever this is about. I want to check this out or I'm interested in this, you know, so I would collect here and there. And then I would say there was like a gap of time, probably around, well, I don't, I see time is such a funny thing because back then it feels like that gap was very large, but it really wasn't because I think there was maybe like a year or two where I wasn't collecting And then I got into high school and like all that toy biz stuff, like the Resident Evil, like video games were being made by like video game toys were being made by toy biz. X-Men was still like going pretty strong with toy biz. And, you know, you could go to KB Toys or you could go to Toys R Us and find them like severely marked down. And so I was continuing to buy and I didn't care. I had friends that liked me and that were like, okay, she's cool. 
She's a little different, but she's cool. She could be friends with us. And that would be one thing that they would be like, are you going to always collect toys? Like we're in high school now, like you're collecting toys. And I would be like, yeah, this, I mean, I'm, I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon. And now, you know, I mean, I remember senior year, the Simpson, the Playmates Simpson line started. And I was like, well, I've got to collect these because (laughs) these are the most perfect Simpson figures, Simpsons figures ever. Like I've got to collect these. And so that just became, you know, Toy Fair magazine came out. And so it was like, oh, there's an, there's a community out there that is into the same stuff that I'm into. Like, I'm not the only one my age that is still collecting toys. Like there's a, there's a whole community. And even though I was not connecting with that community because of like just where I lived and there weren't like comic book stores and there weren't, you know, it just was a very different time. But Toy Fair magazine was like letting me know, okay, like maybe kids are buying these magazines, but like these magazines are also being geared towards people my age and even a little older. So I, I, I'm on to something. And then, and then when I became an adult, it was like, forget it. Like, <laughs> like we're buying, we're buying whatever, we're buying, you know, like there's never too, there's never not enough, you know, <laughs> like I was working at a dollar store, a dollar tree. And my paycheck would be going to designer knockoff Dollar Tree perfume and any kind of toy going fine <laughs> <laughs> at Toys R Us or wherever. Like I was always, always hunting for, you know, the stuff that was catching my eye and that was just fun, you know. I Sorry, quick side thing. Dollar Trees are either very well taken care of or everyone's given up. There's no one between. <laughs> for any I've ever been in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could, I could see that having, uh, having worked at a couple where, you know, like I'd, they'd be like, oh, okay, we need you over at this one, you know? And, and yeah, like they were either always really great and perfect, like, like nothing wrong, nothing out of place, or they would just be completely in shambles. Yeah. Yeah. There's no in between. <laughs> there's no like, oh, it's just been a busy day and there's a little bit of mess. No, it was either complete mess or completely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So you you mentioned community with Toy Fair, and uh, the Wizards podcast is also on the Retro Network feed, which this podcast is as well. Yeah. But I think that you know people are so used to the internet now and social media and and, and different message boards and what uh, just tons of options that if you aren't of a certain age, you don't realize how good it felt. Um, Because I did Wizards and Toy Fair as well. But how good it felt to feel like I'm not alone. There are other people in this country, in this world, that love all this stuff as much as I do. That collect it, that are into it, that want to talk about it. Just because someone's not in my school, in my town, you know, nearby me, doesn't mean that the next town over or stay over or whatever, I could find a whole group of people that love the same thing I do and could become, like, instant best friends with but growing up in that isolation of the time you know late 90s and all i think a lot of us felt like we were the only ones yeah yeah and i'm not sure yeah and i'm not sure if you were a, a small town or a big town growing up but i think you know back then geek which yeah, I'm sorry. You're a toy collector. You you're a geek as well, yeah. Yeah. You know, or 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 dork, <laughs> dork. Yeah. But you know, it it was a four letter word. Like we were insulted for yeah. like nerdy things. Oh yeah. I mean, and I had like I had like all the strikes against me, you know, because <laughs> I was trans, which we weren't using. I mean, that wasn't a word that was being used at the time. I mean, there were far worse words that they were being thrown at me. Um, and I was incredibly nerdy. Like I was like, absolutely 100%. Like, you know, I would say I could sit there and talk about all these like things and have all this knowledge about all this stuff, but like no one cared because they were like, what are you talking about? Like, like nobody, nobody likes that stuff anymore. We're not, you know, like, oh yeah. You know, like I'd have some friends that would like, they would enjoy having like a little, a little trip down memory lane to the things that they, Oh yeah, I remember collecting that. That's that, that was a fun toy. And then they were like, 
but we're moving on now. <laughs> like we're not talking about that, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I was not, it was a very different time back then, you know, people were treated very differently. And I mean, I know it's not like it's sunshine and rainbows all the time now, but, um, it, it was, a, it was just a, a very different time back then. Oh, and it's, it, as much as some things are better, the, it, it seems like there's some people that have just doubled down and are even more hateful than they were before because they feel, I don't know, more threatened because things, so, you know, people are more accepting, things are more open. We, as parents, feel like we need to make sure our kid is one of the good ones. So we will explain everything as many times as possible. My wife has a a surprising amount for the small town we live in of trans coworkers. Mm-hmm. And anytime I'm like, just let me know the appropriate things to say. Yeah. Let, let me know whatever pronoun, let me know whatever anything. Because why would I complain about it why would i throw a fit about it why would i you know get in an uproar and yet you know two minutes on social media and we see people that do yeah you know and well i I told my wife i was recording with you tonight and it's you know oh i'm recording with miss m and i never felt a need to you know explain anything for who you are because for me that's who you've always been and how i've always seen you yeah. And I don't understand people that don't do that. Yeah. I, I thank you very much for that. And I think, you know, what you're describing and talking about was one of the reasons why I didn't talk about it for so long, because I, I really didn't know what people were going to think. Because when I started my blog and I really started to put myself out there, because one of the reasons, you know, because I've always like all these message boards and like heman.org and like all these places where people could convene to talk. Like I was always, like I was always the lurker. Like, I mean, as soon as we got like a computer and internet when I was 18, that was like the first stuff I was looking up on the internet. And so I, I've always sort of lurked and looked and peeked at the conversations and like really enjoyed and always wanted to be a part of it. But I also saw, you know, comments or I would see jokes and I would be like, oh my gosh, like, how do I become a part of that community when I'm pretty sure that there are some people in that community that are going to hate my guts? And then I got married and my ex-husband did not want anyone to know that I was trans. So I went into this, like, let me live this life of stealth where, you know, we don't talk about any of that stuff. And then so during that time I started my blog and it was like, okay, well, we're just not going to talk about that, you know? And then the marriage ended and it was like, okay, well now we can talk about it, but we've gone so long with not talking about it that like (laughs) what happens now if we do talk about it. And so there was just like a, there was like a, an internal struggle, you know, because people would have me on guests on their podcast, you know, people would message me and, have conversations about toy collecting and like, oh my gosh, if we are, if we're ever in the same city, we should go toy hunting together. And it would be like, okay, they like all, all of these people are really kind and excited about that. But like, what happens if they find out that I'm not, you know, like, is that like, that I'm not maybe who they thought I was basically, you know, that, that, that I was not born female, you know, that I, that I had to really work to kind of become this person that I am before you, you know, like, like what's going to happen if they completely reject me. And it was such a hard, it was just such a hard thing until finally it was like, you know, the, the bandaid has kind of been pulled off. So now you have to kind of talk about it. And, you know, it was a very scary, a scary moment for me. Well, I'll bounce back. Because you, okay. you, I, I had I an order. Of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're fine. I, I had an order of questions, but I, I want to address, you know, the what you just said first. I do remember when you went public, um, because you did an interview for it. 
and you said, hey, some, I was already Facebook friends with you as many of us in blogging, podcasting community were, um, and then, you know, across different social medias. And you said, some of you know, some of you may have suspected or wondered, but here it is. If you want to delete me, that's fine. Um, but here it is. And you just kind of let it out there. By the time I saw it, I think you were up to like 50 positive comments. And I forget how many hearts and likes and everything. When I first saw it, by the end of the night, I forget. It was just, I was so happy to be part of the community to see nothing but love being sent to you. Yeah. I thought, okay, I'm in the right space with all these people. Yeah. Yeah, I um it was a very emotional that day was a very emotional day because I was I was ready to face the wrath of people, you know, like I, that's that's what I was like preparing myself for and then the opposite happened. And I mean, to, there were people who stopped talking to me. There were people who who deleted me and dropped me and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. I totally respect that, 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 you know, that people did not want to continue to, to be my friend. I totally, I, I get it. Like I, I, I always say I'm not for everyone, but I, there were so many kind messages and people checking in on me and just really seeing the love that everyone had and it was i mean like it was just really wonderful and i'm forever grateful and thankful that that this community that i have gotten the privilege to be a part of you know felt that way about me you know that they were still that i was still their friend that i was still someone that they could you know talk to and respect and and have fun conversations with well and and here's the thing you don't know. Um, and I, I don't think you'd be upset, but most people know that like Will and I, William Bruce West and I are good friends. Uh-huh. And, you know, we have side talks all the time about things. And sometimes, and, and you've seen it too, sometimes one of our blogging friends posts something stupid and we all roll our eyes and we're like, all right, that's a joke that didn't land. Yeah. We can move on. But, you know, we all post stupid stuff. When you had that up, he and I had a side chat going and it was pretty much okay. We've both posted, we've both sent nothing but love. Is there anyone we're worried about? Is there anyone like we got protective? Yeah. Like, I I don't know, like almost like big brothers in a way or something. Like, (laughs) is there anyone we think is going to mess with her? Like, and and so both of us were like refreshing it during the day (laughs) just to see if there's any garbage, you know, any, any crap going on on there and not that we saw you know thankfully but yeah um you you had people because i'm sure we weren't the only ones you had people in the background that were like don't mess with her she's ours yeah and that that means so much to me and i adore you both so much because you know like you were mentioning when, when you started this podcast episode that you know we all go back a very long ways you know and and to see that that friendship and that support and that like wanting to look out for each other and you know like that i mean that it's just wonderful you know it's it's how lucky are we that we all are in each other's lives in this way you know what i mean because we're all scattered all over the country you know but it's it's just like how lucky are we you know yeah well and and just all of us wanting to write or create at the same time and discovering each other is one of the best things. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you look at like, uh, I mean, there, are, there are kids on this earth that exist because two people met because of this, you know, yeah. like that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Yes. So let's, let's double back though. So okay. when, uh, when did you sit down? What was the inspiration for, you know, I, I have something I want to say online. I want to put 
my voice out there, my pictures out there, my toys out there. Did you discover a site first and found inspiration? Did you just want to do it on your own and were hoping you weren't the only crazy person in the world doing this? Like if you, if you can think back to the origins of Diary of a Dorkette blog, what was the impetus to get you to say, you know, I want to put my voice and my thoughts out there? Yeah, so back when I was like 19 or 20, I had a blog called I know something.com and it was, it was a mess. I, <laughs> I personal stance of not believing in grammar and really just writing it as if it was a diary where I'm just jotting it all out there. Um, and it was a place for me to get my thoughts out there about a variety of things, but it kind of shifted to, um, you know, those, those, things that I really liked growing up and that and in collecting and, and kind of getting into that. But then I I think I had that blog for about two years and then I just kind of stopped and was like, forget about it. I'm not worried about it. And and then I was like on MySpace and had like a sequel to I Know Something, which was I Know Something Too, like T-O-O. And and kind of continued on that and kind of shared um you know, I, I was sharing the the sort of the toy stories that I had written down when I was in high school where I would act everything out with my toys and everything. And so I was sharing those things. And then, you know, I met my ex-husband and we got off of MySpace and we completely like we were gone from social media. And, you know, about, well, I mean, around 2011, I I really started to feel like a void, like something was missing in my life. And, you know, I knew that I knew my marriage was not like maybe on the most solid of ground, but I really wanted to, to connect and find people that could understand the love that I had for toy collecting. Because you think when you marry somebody, and they like see it all and they're like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I got this like cool, hot, nerdy chick girlfriend that's gonna be my wife. Like, this is awesome. But then when like you move in together and like, they're like, oh, you really have a lot of stuff, you know? Like <laughs> suddenly it's not like, <laughs> it's not as fun, <laughs> you know? It's like, you're gonna continue doing this. Okay, you know, it became, it became an issue. And so that really became kind of like a, I wouldn't call it a cry for help, or, you know, a, a cry out, but it, it was definitely a a wanting to connect with other like-minded people. And that was really what started um, Diary of a Dorkette. I remember I had like a, a handful of names that I wanted to use. And I remember sitting with my friend, I, she and I went to lunch and we were talking about um, the blog. And she was like, I'm so excited that you're going to do writing again. Cause like, I really loved it when you used to do that. And, um, what are your names? And so like we were going through the names and she said, you know, Diary of a Dorkette, like that just, that just really sums you up. <laughs> like that just is perfect. And so, and you know, and then I started it and, and those early posts are atrocious as well. I was <laughs> leaving in grammar this time, but <laughs> those early Diary of a Dorkette posts are really cringe. <laughs> I think you I think you have to do that, though. You got to get all of that out to become better. And it's still you. It's still genuine. But yeah. honestly, you know, you've been doing it so long. If you didn't improve, there'd be something wrong. Yes, yes I agree. So was there any so you already had the blog going before a lot of us found each other through League of Bloggers and other yeah podcast connections yeah i did so how did you find that world then did you just kind of stumble across a link or had already made um a, a friend or two in the blogging world and that kind of rippled out so i had been a part of the maddie i decided to join the maddie collector forums when they opened i can't remember if it was 2008 or 2009 and i joined that first really before i started the blog so there were some people that i knew from those forums and when i started the blog 
I kind of started to join other, like I joined the gym and there was like a gym in the holograms forum and I joined that forum and I kind of connected with people that way. But it really wasn't until Twitter, which I got on in 2012, where I started to kind of really connect with, like I noticed like, oh, I'm getting these like, I'm seeing these tweets from, you know, these collectors, let me follow them. And then I started seeing like, oh, these people that I'm following, you know, like Derek, oh, there's a blog or, oh, there's, you know, there's this talk about writing or talking about these things. And then I started seeing um, the league. And then I was like, oh, well, let me be a part of this. Like, this sounds like a lot of fun. And that, and then from there, you know, it was like, I knew a couple people and then it just, you know, being a part of that, the League of Extraordinary Bloggers was like an aha moment, you know, where, where it was like, oh, okay, now I'm really starting to connect with, you know, like, okay, here we go. Like, this is where, you know, you're really starting to really meet these these people that are going to be your friends, you know, that they're going to be a part of your life in some way, shape or form, you know. Well, and it was the because we were all different, different parts of the country within for the most part I'll say within the same generation you know we maybe we weren't all you know at school at the same time but we were pretty close yeah but we still had different experiences and different knowledge and different things in our collections and I know there was so many things that I had discovered through now the greater blogging and podcast and circle I didn't know existed oh my gosh, that's the coolest toy, that's the coolest comic, whatever it might be, I have to find it now too. <laughs> I need to spend more money. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes, but a then, lot of money has been spent. <laughs> oh, that's so much. In the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you, and unfortunately, we just have so few female voices in the group. Not yeah. that they aren't welcome, but we just don't um but you were showing things that we were ignorant to or didn't know oh my gosh that's such a cool toy that's such a cool you know whatever it might be you're showing off at time i didn't even know about it and that's credit to like you stacy um jamie doesn't you know hasn't wrote in a while but she was amazing i am so glad to have karen in retro network now bringing her voice for stuff yeah but it's it's a needed voice and you showed all of us so much cool stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and and i aside from a few a few websites at that time where like you know like there were pictures of stuff i at that time like there wasn't a lot but a focus on items from the pink aisle you know wasn't a lot of those stories and and, and everything. And so I really wanted to really showcase that because that was the stuff that I was also collecting as a kid that, you know, that I loved and was like just as important and just as special as She-Ra and He-Man and the Thundercats. Like, you know, these like little obscure toy lines, like they were just as important. And I wanted to definitely showcase that for sure. Look at Golden Girl. Yeah. What an amazing toy line. I have no recollection of it. Well, a little bit. I think I remember seeing it once at a drugstore. And I yeah. and I didn't know what it was, and I never saw it again. But you showing pictures of it, I'm like, oh, my God, I have some very vague childhood memory of this. What is this thing? I need to know more. Yeah. It, it and, is so interesting. And, you know, the thing about Golden Girl is, you know, I always... And, you know, when I first would write about Golden Girl, like I would always kind of be a little funny about it. Like, you know, well, this is a knockoff. This is a bootleg. This is a, you know, like and it was meant as a, it was meant to be funny. But through the years, like it's really become like, you know, when can this line come back? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. where's the resurgence? You know, like it went from like a little joke to this is a really great line and it needs to be like you know we need someone needs to try to like bring it back in some way shape or form you know like it 
it's just a great, amazing toy line. Well, and that's one of the funny things for our community, too. At, at first, we were all hoping we weren't the only ones. And we talked about all the, you know, A-level obvious stuff. But then it almost becomes like listening to an indie band before they're cool. Like, we all want to know the most obscure, ridiculous, forgotten toys, comics, you know, whatever it might be, just to be the one that's showing it off. Like, your your collection's so crazy. I have to imagine there's been times where you're like, oh, they're not going to know what hit them. Like, you know you have something no one else has. You know you have something that you can get the reaction for. I I think some of that in early on I was feeling some of that like you know because I wasn't seeing it but then like what 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 I would really get excited about is when I would see someone talking about it elsewhere or you know just seeing like someone else talk about like oh I really like this toy line too and I'm like oh my god like wait a minute like forget the excitement that I just posted about it like let's have a whole like in-depth conversation right now about how much you love this like you know thing that like time has tried to forget and you know we're holding on to it and we won't let go you know and I think sometimes I, I feel like early on you know when those moments would happen like I feel like sometimes I would get a little too over eager you know like I'd get a little too like a little too excited you know where it was like okay calm down just a little bit like you know <laughs> Like, you don't want to be frightening people away and scaring people off with your, like, excitement. But it was, you know, it really is an exciting thing to, like, love this thing that you don't, you know, that you you find out that, like, oh, other people also love it, too. And, oh, my gosh, like, this is a, this is great. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I could go on and on and on about it. No, don't, don't apologize at all for it. And. I, I know I asked you this forever ago, and I know you've posted, and I'm not asking for exact numbers. Okay. But do you know about how many figures, dolls, yeah. whatever you want to call, that you ha- currently have? I currently have. Well, I just recently sold off a large chunk of my Marvel Legends figures, so that takes things down a little bit. But, I mean, I... I would say it's probably close to a thousand. Jeez. Maybe more. so cool though. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you have occasionally posted a picture of your shelves and your walls. Yeah. And I'm just like, I will zoom in as much as I can. I, I know we're not supposed to do it online, you know, take screenshots and all of people's things, <laughs> but I absolutely will just so I can zoom in on the picture. <laughs> And look at stuff. Just totally fine. Because <laughs> it's a lot to take in. You know, when you see it, you just see it looks like a, a a messy watercolor painting. You're like, look at all these colors and like, what is all this? And then you you just start to look in and you're like, oh, I see this and I see that. And I so yeah, I I have a a large, large, large amount of of action figures and dolls. Yeah. Well, and and let me introduce the world for anyone who's only hearing your voice for the first time and being introduced to you on this podcast my favorite thing on instagram <laughs> because you post it all the time on there and of course it you know we, however someone wants to discover it but that's how i see it each and every episode the long-running toy soap opera of all my toys <laughs> I love it so much. I I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram itself. Yeah. Where um I, I think me clicking like on things can uh skew their algorithm certain ways. Yeah. So, so I'll have some weeks where I click like on everyone's posts because I want everyone to give a like, and then I'll have other weeks where I don't want to do it because I'm mad at Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say I am always going through, always reading it. Like, if anyone hasn't seen it, I mean, you have a world. You have sets. You have long-term storylines. It is amazing. Yeah. Like, do you even remember when you decided, you know what, I'm going to do more than just a picture of a figure. I'm going to make a story here. And do you regret doing that now? (laughs) (laughs) So, so, 
it's a very funny story about how all my toys came to be. So I was in the Maddie Collector forums and I was in some other forums and I was I was seeing some things that were just absurd to me, which was, you know, whenever they would release like a girl character from the Masters of the Universe Classics line, it would never fail that there would be a group of collectors that would be like, well, I don't, why do I have to buy that? Because I don't Mm -hmm. want girl figures in my, I only have sexy girl figures in my collection. And those girls are ugly and they look like men. And I don't, and I would just be sitting there reading this stuff. Like these are toys. Like (laughs) they're not going to sleep with you. They're toys. (laughs) They're meant to be, you're meant to have fun with it. Like, what is going on right now? And so I thought, well, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to lovingly poke fun at this concept of like only having sexy toys. And I started a feature called the Heroic Hottie, which every month I took a a, a guy action figure and I, I made him like a beefcake, cheesecake, centerfold. You know, I would take, in a way it was kind of like reviewing a toy, but also kind of like just poking a little fun at the absurdity that like we can only collect sexy toys and I would interview them, you know, and kind of like, you know, what does it feel like to be the hottest toy of the month? You know, just like really (laughs) dumb, dumb, dumb stuff. And then organically through those monthly things, a story started to develop where my, where me as the interviewer became like, became personal with some of them. And then I thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be fun if I could find some kind of toy that doesn't have to look exactly like me, obviously, but like could resemble me in some way. And then I could have toy me interact with the toys in my collection. And it was like 2012 or maybe, no, it was 2012. Littlest, littlest, little pet shop, littlest pet shop. They had they had made a new Blythe figure where she had plastic hair and she had fair skin and blue eyes and brown hair. And I was like, okay, I know I don't have a giant head like hers, but we all have we basically have the same features. So I have found my toy version of me. And then that's how it all began. And I didn't start calling it all my toys at first because each the heroic hottie then like the bad guy toys were like, well, we want to be interviewed. And so then it became this like girl figures, boy figures and any evil figure. They all had their own interview every month. And so that was where the soap began because each, you know, it was three. It was basically three episodes a month with any kind of extra special like in Halloween, there would always be April O'Neil's Halloween party. And then there, you know, whenever it would be the weekend of San Diego Comic Con, there would be the Conference of Evil. And so there would be these like events that would happen to kind of mirror some of the big things that we celebrate in the toy collecting community. You know, like we all love Halloween. We all love when when it's San Diego Comic Con. You know, we all enjoy those things. And so there would be these like kind of like sweeps moments where like big things would happen with the story during those times. And then it just became all my toys because it was like, this is a mess. <laughs> Excuse me. What am I doing? And and now, you know, I mean, I'm many, many years involved in a toy soap opera that I don't know how I'm going to ever end. And I've got stories mapped out for the next year or two. So it's, um, it's a labor of love, if not a little bit crazy, that I have devoted a piece of my life to this. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the best use of Velvet Sky ever, including TNA Impact Wrestling. <laughs> so, For some reason, that is just my favorite one of all of them. So how she became... It's such an integral part of the story. I did, I used to do this feature on my blog called Trashy or Timeless. And I would look at an action figure and just kind of like, be like, what were we thinking? Like, what, what, what were we thinking? And so I did a feature on her action figure. And, you know, like, 
she has the word sky on her butt. And I'm I'm thinking like, who would have thought we'd be collecting action figures that have their names like on their butt? And like the way that her highlights were painted in her hair, you know, they they made the 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 toy company made so much attention to the lining of her garter, her garter, you know, legging things and and the the word on her butt, but they painted the highlights so sloppily. And so I was just kind of like lovingly poking fun because I still love the action figure, right? Like it's it's a fun action figure. And then I thought, well, you know, that that is kind of mean to have done that because someone painted that figure, someone designed that figure, and like you're basically making fun of it. And so then I thought, well, how about how about in an act of revenge because Velvet Sky's so pissed that I wrote that article about her that she's plotting my death. And so for <laughs> years, for years, Velvet Sky and a whole team of like everyone's favorite villainous toys were plotting my death until they finally killed me in a sewer explosion at the 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 ninja the ninja turtle sewer lair like they they caused a sewer leak gas to blow up and kill me but i i of course came back but you know like it it was sort of my way of saying you know i really shouldn't have been being a a bit bitchy about the way that the highlights were painted and you know like it, it was just a a fun way of trying to kind of correct the um you know, the the kind of a little bit of, a little, I, I wouldn't say it was cruel, but, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I, I I don't know. It was just a way of correcting that article that I wrote, that piece that I wrote way back when. Oh, well, and she was such an, I mean, her whole character was overly sexualized. So in a way, I can see how the toy focused on certain things and ignored others like the hair. <laughs> kind of see how it happened. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure we get her butt just right, but forget the way that her hair looks. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I, I can I can visualize the board meeting for it. It doesn't <laughs> shock me. <laughs> Did you ever consider, like, um, doing an at tweet for her or anything as the story progressed? Or no, because it's really for you and your fun and not to, you know, attach yourself to other people. I think, I mean, mostly I do it for me, you know, because I always say, like, if there was no one reading this, I would still be doing this, you know, like, I would still be involved in this toy soap opera. But there were times where I would not necessarily like, tag her on Twitter, but like I would hashtag her, like, at least name. And there was a part of me that was always like, I would love, like, what if like like this is where my mind goes into crazy places like what if she read that article a long time ago and was like this rude dorkette making fun of my here," <laughs> and then like following along and then like you know like i would just envision this fantasy of like her kind of doing like a yes whenever like she killed me in the sewer you know like just <laughs> just the absurdity of it you know like how funny would that be but i mean i to my knowledge i don't believe she's ever she has no idea that there is a toy version of her. And the same thing goes for Megan Fox. Like I have, you know, April, my version of April O'Neil is she's a little older now and she's um, a little hardened from all of her years in journalism. And when the Ninja Turtle movies came out, the most recent ones, um, she was thinking that they would call her for her to play herself. And when she found out that they called Megan Fox instead, she was furious. And then the toy Megan Fox was like, oh, you know, like, I'm going to also now become a journalist, too. And they, so they created this, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say hatred for each other, but, like, uh, a rivalry, rivalry, you know. And and I always, I always, like, a party was always like, what if, what would Megan Fox, she would probably be, like, rolling her eyes, like, someone please put a cease and desist on this limit. <laughs> having this toy of me go through all of these crazy things you know it's just but it's i have so much fun with it that you know it when the blog is long gone i'm still going to be like <laughs> messing with these toys and creating some kind of goofy story with them well don't don't say long gone i have loved it for years and i am happy that you still do it I know life is crazy and it only seems to be getting crazier, but I appreciate that you 
curve out some time for every week still. Yeah, I, I really, I do, I do. Um, it 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 is my outlet. You know, this this blog is my outlet, and I can't picture, I can't picture not doing something creative with it in some way. Now, I have one question that I'm half goofing around for. And then we'll do the usual close up and where people can find you on the internet and things. But correct me if I'm wrong, you do have a boyfriend now. Yes, I do. Okay. If if it's okay, can you tell us, myself and listeners, his reaction when he saw the toy room? <laughs> well, his reaction to the toy room was better than most guys that I've dated. <laughs> reactions to the toy room like i've dated some guys where like you could see like they have this look of excitement like i'm so excited to be dating you and then they see that room and then like you just see something shift (laughs) you know but but he he has been a very supportive person about it like he saw it and was like like this is really cool like this is like this is you know because he loves vinyl he loves collecting records and and so he gets he gets that piece about collecting, you know, like he understands that what that feeling is like to want to collect. And um, he was really impressed. You know, <laughs> he was very impressed that, you know, like you've, you've had a lot of stuff. Like you've, you've been, he gets nervous when he's in the room. Cause he's like, I don't want to like knock something over or step on something. But, um, you know, he 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 was like, "Wow, I've never seen anything like this before." <laughs> well, I mean, you know, dork that I am, I, I keep thinking, God, that would be a very tough situation. Like, hey, I I appreciate you invited me in. I know what our plan is for this evening, but I kind of want to look at all your toys too, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure which thing I want to do more. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because he's asked this and a lot, I mean, a lot of people ask this question, you know, when they see everything, they're like, okay, so what's your most favorite thing in this room? And it's like, that's like asking someone who's their favorite child. I'm like, these are all my children. I love all of them. I can't pick a favorite. Like, you know, like if the world is ending and I have to grab something to like, whatever, like, I don't know what I'm even grabbing, you know, like it's, it, it's such a there's so much love for all of it you know (laughs) no i i absolutely agree and i have debated before of putting everything that's very meaningful or very expensive or you know one of a kind together but then the collection doesn't flow properly yeah then then i have stuff where it shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay Miss M, thank you so much for agreeing to do a show with me tonight. I hope people are very much interested in everything you said tonight and want to now follow you online and follow the blog. Could you please tell them where they can find you? Sure. Thank you. Well, well, first off, thank you very, very much for wanting me to be a part of this. I, I have had so much fun from when we started with the emails about this to to getting it scheduled and having it happen. I've, I've had a really, really great time tonight. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And where I can be found is, my blog is um, diaryofadorkette.blogspot. And you can find me on Twitter at dorkettetweets and on Instagram under diaryofadorkette. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm on the verge of getting rid of Facebook. So I don't even tell people about that anymore because I'm like, I don't, I don't use Facebook like I used to, but um, yeah, those are where you can find me. So, you know, if you are interested and want to like me and or follow me or whatever and talk to me about whatever, like I am always down for any kind of conversation about toy collecting or anything. Like I'm always, I'm a very friendly person. Absolutely. I will second that and couldn't agree more. And I will also agree. I look at Facebook now as the phone book like i kind of need to be listed in it but otherwise you know i like that 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 i like that yeah. <laughs> all right and and if if miss m brought you to me hi i'm kevin i host this blog hellions talks which is presented by the retro network 
I also have a wrestling podcast on here called The House Show. I do another podcast with my friend Chris called The Pop Culture Pub and my home blog with all of my stuff on comics wrestling and all sorts of geeky stuff is maskedlibrary.com and at maskedlibrary across social media and i am so happy we finally got to do this when we were emailing forever ago i just got so distracted by life and it was just uh, the conversation doesn't flow as well in email i always prefer this format and when retro network and i were discussing the podcast i thought oh, this is the perfect format for it this is going to be so much more fun than emailing back and forth and it was this was great yeah this really was thank you again <laughs> thank you you're welcome